I'm Gina Acosta, Editor-in-Chief of Progressive Grocer, and welcome to the first and premier episode of the Top Women in Grocery podcast. This is a podcast that's going to be focused on the trends, topics, and interests that move women forward in grocery retail. In this podcast, we are going to shine a very bright light on the extraordinary women in the grocery industry who have had a successful careers and interesting lives and who are also making a positive impact in their workplaces and in their communities. So we're thrilled, very thrilled, I'm very thrilled, uh, to be launching this podcast this year on our 100th birthday. Yes, Progressive Grocer has been around for 100 years covering every nook and cranny of the grocery industry. And my first guest on this first episode of the Top Women in Grocery podcast is someone who has served the progressive grocer audience and family for nearly 20 of those 100 years. Today, I'm talking to progressive grocer's stupendous managing editor, Bridget Goldschmidt. Bridget is progressive grocer's own top woman. She is a living, breathing encyclopedia of grocery knowledge She was here when Progressive Grocer launched one of the most prestigious awards programs in business, Top Women in Grocery, which this podcast is sort of named after, and which we frequently refer to as TWIG. And so I thought Bridget would be the perfect first guest for us to get started on this podcast journey. So Bridget, my friend, my queen, (laughs) thanks for being here with me on this very first Progressive Grocer podcast. It's great to be here, um, and thanks for having me. Okay, Bridget. So let's start. I know that you're probably going to be a little embarrassed to talk about yourself, but (laughs) I just want to have you sort of introduce yourself to our listeners, maybe offer a little bit of background about your Mm -hmm. career trajectory, about you. Although I already gave some of that away when I said that you have, um, you know, served the progressive grocer family and audience for so many years. Right. Well, um, I joined Progressive Grocer way back in 2003. And at that time, I was new to the grocery industry. I had previously worked for um, legal newsletters, even though I'm not a lawyer. Um, But um, so that my background was mainly in that. And um, so it's been a journey of learning about the industry ever since then. And um, it's just been a fascinating ride (laughs) all these years. Yeah, I would say that probably working in the grocery media business is probably better than working with like a bunch of lawyers, right? (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) And I can say that as someone who, you know, is kind of in a family of lawyers, they're also uptight and stressed out all the time. Anyway, (laughs) so Bridget, let's give folks a little bit of background on the TWIG program, on the Top Women in Grocery Awards program. Uh, Can you just take us through the timeline of TWIG and why Progressive Grocer decided to launch TWIG in the first place? Well, way back in 2007, we were looking to um, sort of expand our brand and to, um, you know, um, connect with our readers in a meaningful way. And at that time, uh, we were just beginning to really see um, women emerging in um, important roles um, in the industry. 
Um, I remember when I when I first joined the company, I was told, well, it, it's really, you know, it's really a very male dominated industry. You know, it, um, most of the CEOs and the top executives are all men. Um, but we were really beginning to see that so, sort of shift right around that time. And um the editors um, really kind of wanted to um, uh, leverage that trend and um, see, you know, like uh, where it would go. And um, we really wanted to recognize women um, that were really beginning to emerge um, in, in influential positions in the industry. And um, I remember um, we had, um, you know, huge meetings about it, like where we sort of hashed out the idea of it. And there was actually a little bit of trepidation as to, uh, you know, whether we would be able to get um, nominees or like how many people would be actually interested in this program. But from the very beginning, um, it's, it's been quite successful. And I think that its success has really mirrored the advancement of, of women in the industry, which has been really gratifying to watch over these years. Absolutely. Absolutely. So talking about that, uh, can you talk about maybe sort of the breadth of experience that women in grocery have now and how ha- that has changed uh, since the program started uh, and you know how it has changed your sort of uh, reading of the entries or the judges reading of the entries each year? Well, I remember in the beginning, um, most of the um, most of the nominees would have the sort of traditional roles that you would expect um, women executives to have. Um, a lot of human resources uh, VPs and communications directors and uh, things of that sort, which is great, you know. Um, but over over the years, we've begun to see many more women um, entering areas of the industry that have been almost exclusively uh, male dominated. So warehouse logistics, um, real estate, construction, um, but especially technology. Yeah, I mean IT and other elements of technology um, and supply chain. Numbers- Right? Yeah, there's so many absolutely. women now yes. uh, in leadership positions in supply chain, which has become such a you know critical uh, component of the industry, especially with all the supply chain disruptions that have been going on since the pandemic. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Yep. And um, I would say more um, female CEOs of their own companies or of uh, coming into other companies. So we've seen. Um, that, you know, the progression of women throughout the industry, not just in areas that have had women executives in them, but um, into um, sort of once all male preserves, which is um, fantastic to see, you know, and I think requires a whole new um, vocabulary and knowledge set when you're reading over some of these nominations, um, you know. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, women who are now doing amazing things in uh, DEI, you know, and there's so many. Uh, Absolutely. You know, yes. So many food retailers that have created DEI, now B, DEIB uh, right. programs and initiatives. And there's so many women leading those things. Absolutely. So, right. To even see the development of those, like, um, 
you know, quote unquote, traditional sort of roles as, um, say, human resources and career um, development and, you know, talent acquisition sort of branch into these new and exciting um, areas has been has been really fun to watch. So what would you say are sort of the top pandemic related challenges for women now, uh, sort of like from the front line to corporate offices, you know, every single which way? Well, um, the interesting thing is that even alongside all of this advancement of uh, women in the, in the grocery industry and in the workplace generally, um, women are still disproportionately responsible for uh, the care of uh, what goes on at home. So that includes child care, elder care, and during the pandemic, that that the you know the um, the resources that that working women relied upon um, schools, daycare, elder care uh, were completely disrupted, and as a result, a lot of women from all walks of life and at all levels um, uh, um, professionally really had to um, like reassess their work schedules. A lot of people ended up leaving the workplace altogether. Um, if they had young children that were at home going to school remotely or um, elderly parents uh, who suddenly, you know, um, were not able to go to their usual um, senior center or be cared for by um in-home attendance. So that led to a lot of women overall leaving the workplace during that time, Um, you know, either to try to work at home or to just like leave altogether. Um, Right. Because um, there, you know, if you have a frontline job, I mean, you you really can't do that job from home. So um, a lot of those women really were were sort of forced to leave, their, their jobs during that time. And I think that will take some time to recover from, you know, as people uh, sort of get back into routines, kids go back to in-person school, um, uh, you know, um, older people are able to be cared for outside of the home or are able to have um, um, attendants come into the home again. Um, so all of that is going to be Take this, I think still taking some time to straighten out and um, we're still seeing, I think, the, the results of that. I know um, at least several observers have referred to it as the she session mm-hmm. uh, because so many women ha- ended up having to leave um, their jobs because of these, um, these issues. Um, right. And as I said, th- this was something that disproportionately affected women. I mean, I'm not saying that men didn't also have um, issues that uh, required them to have to like drastically rethink um, their, their, um, their careers, but it, it really had an impact on, on women at work. Yeah. And you and I both know that, you know, the vast majority of grocery workers are women. And so, you know, for those that have stayed in the industry, they've had to continue to, you know, work and and still deal with all of these uh, pressures at home. And a lot of them are really just burned out, you know, quite frankly. Oh, yeah. Um, and so a lot of that burnout is affecting, impacting that, that she session, you know, those, that, Absolutely. those numbers. So, 
it continues to be extremely challenging and I don't really see it uh, getting better anytime soon, quite frankly, because uh, there's a massive labor crunch. You know, people are being asked to to really, you know, do two and three jobs. Uh, and a lot of those people that are being asked to, to do two or three jobs are women. And I just don't see it uh, uh, getting any better. So, yeah. 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 So I want to pivot. I want to pivot now and uh, talk a little bit about the actual uh, Progressive Grocer Top Women in Grocery Awards program. Mm -hmm. So um, let's talk about sort of like the process and just go go through the process of of Top Women in Grocery. Uh, You know when it opens, when it closes, what you have to do to enter. Uh, how those winners, if they are if they are selected, how they're celebrated, and most important, what we look for in a top woman and grocery winner. Well, we um, open the contest generally like right after um, New Year's. So, um, first workday after New Year's is um, when we launch the program each year. Um, which we've done for the past several years now. Um, and um, so, you know, um, we'll, we'll, um, we'll, fo- we'll, we'll feature it in our online and in our newsletter. Um, and um, we normally will start getting a, a steady flow of, um, of nominations um, through our, our uh, we have an online portal by which people can um, enter their um, their nominations, and we include instructions on how to do that successfully, how to get your um, and um, you know how to fill out your nomination form and how to send it in, and um, we're available to help if there's any issue with that, and um, and we do help. So we do help many yes. people. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. We answer um, questions. So, you know, exactly. Answer any questions, um, and we and there are always questions. Um, but you know, we try to shepherd people through the process, try to make it as painless as possible. But it, it really works best to have it done in in that way because then each nomination is recorded and can be pulled up, and it's much you know, there's much less chance that something will fall through the cracks or get lost or anything like that. So we really appreciate um, that particular um, system that we have. Um, so the um, contest usually closes um, around mid-March, um, a date in mid-March. Um, and right before then is when what we call, what we, what we have sort of joking, have jokingly called the deluge happens where, uh, we will just get a, the flood of entries comes in, in, in about the week or so, um, before the contest ends is when it really picks up. I mean, we will have steadily been getting in nominations all this time, but that's when, uh, when, when it's crunch time, when we get the most nominations. And so, um, so that happens and then the contest closes and then begins the, um, begins the process of going through all of the nominations um, and um, the judging process. Um, We have a team of judges, um, you know, uh, from our editorial staff um, that, um, that looks over um, 
the nominations and um, determines, you know, the, who the honorees are going to be. And it's um, it, it, it's it's quite a um, it's quite a um, detailed process. It's an avalanche. It's an avalanche. Yep. Yep. So because what, we, go ahead. We're literally talking about hundreds of nominations. So it's, 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 it's not a, it's not a slow, uh, it's kind of, it's not a quick process. It takes quite a while. <laughs> so what do we look for? Can you tell our listeners what are we, we're looking for in a top woman? Yes. Well, w- one of the main things that we look for to begin with is um, we look for concrete achievements by the top women, uh, concrete professional achievements um, during the, um, the time period that we have established, which is usually um, from the past year to um, like right before the contest closed. Um, and so what we really want to hear about um, in terms of these concrete um, accomplishments is um, an issue, a problem, um, a challenge that the top woman faced during this time and how she was able to deal with it successfully and what the results were of that, um, of the solution that she came up with. And um, I was, um, you know, reminded of that uh, advice that almost all aspiring writers get at, at one point or another, which is show, don't tell. Right. Um, we get lots of nominations saying how wonderful uh, the top woman is, how how um, inspirational, how efficient, how detail-oriented, which are all great. I mean, it's, you know... Um, but what we want to hear is actual specific examples of that greatness. Numbers, so, metrics. Right. Metrics when possible. We understand that not all businesses, um, you know, uh, are able to share uh, some of their numbers, but to the extent they can, or if um, if they tell us uh, information is confidential, we will keep it confidential. But we do need um, so, so, sort of benchmarks by which we can judge the success of, of um, you know, a program or a system or, um, y- you know, some kind of um, endeavor that the top woman has um, embarked on um, so that we can make a determination. So that is definitely... Uh, something that we look for, like really concrete examples um, of achievements that the top woman um, has uh, for the time period that we're looking at. And what Uh, about community service? Yes. Now, um, I know um, from reading um, many of these um, nominations over the years that um, some nominators are inclined to skip that part. Um, they feel they. I guess their feeling is that they just want to concentrate on the on the um, the professional achievements on the job. But um, we ask for that um, information, the community stuff, or the wider industry stuff, or the even the awards and the accolades that the top woman has received. Um, because we feel that they're an important part of our conception 
of a top woman. Mm -hmm. Um, We're looking to honor those people who go above and beyond, not only within their job, right? you know, and beyond their actual job description, you could say about a lot of them, but also in the wider industry and even in their communities. Yeah, that's a big part of what we consider um, when we look at a top woman's overall achievement. You know, she that not just what she does in her job, although, of course, that's important, but what she does for her industry, for her colleagues, even not, not those in her own department, uh, what she does for her community, her neighbors, her friends, you know, th- that's really an important part of it. And I, I feel like nominators who don't include that information either because they don't think it's important or because they, they don't know about it. Um, uh, they're really missing the opportunity to really let this top woman, um, you know, shine uh, in full, right. you know, to really um, celebrate all that she is, um, you know, not just on the job. So that is a very important um, aspect of the program to Indeed. us. And, you know, we've we've um, emphasized it more and more over the years because we really do feel it's um, it's an important um, part of, um, of of honoring the top woman is to honor her her service beyond th- that to her job. And it's not just us, right? Because we get over a thousand entries. Uh, yes, the program yes. just continues to. Uh, grow and grow every year. And we get more than a thousand entries every year. And the majority of those entries have uh, tremendous uh, community service accolades uh, from these women. You know, they're, they're just, these, these women are just so impressive. They, they do so much, you know, whether they're on the front line or they're in another kind of position. Uh, And then on top of that, you know, they're moms and they have families and, and, you know, they're caregivers. And then on top of that, they do, all of these uh, things in the community, uh, from serving on boards to, you know, other types of volunteerism. So it's, you know, not just us, it's, it's something that they do. Absolutely. And, and I, I would just like to say that I think every judge who's ever, um, you know, um, read over the nominations, um, they can all attest to how difficult it is uh, to to choose from among so so many really accomplished um, uh, wonderful women and what they do in the community and what they do um, professionally it, it's really difficult but it's also really inspiring and uplifting to read a lot of these um, stories and um, that's what makes it uh, sort of worthwhile I think for us and why we find it such a privilege to to serve as judges um, we do. for the top women in grocery program. Well, Bridget, speaking of a privilege, it has been my absolute privilege to talk to you today. Thank you very much for being the first guest on the first Top Women in Grocery podcast. Oh, thank you so much. It was great. Next time on the Top Women in Grocery podcast, we'll be exploring career development in grocery and have practical advice on how to thrive in a multi-generational workforce. Finally, do you have an idea for a Twig podcast topic? We really, really, really do want to hear from you. Please send me an email at gacosta at ensembleiq.com. I'm Gina Acosta. See you next time. And thanks for listening.